Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. Proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp, September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there! You're listening to Headliners, the show featuring the best and brightest of music from all over the world. Please welcome your host, Greg Howard Jr. On this episode, I am joined by the absolutely phenomenal Rachel Bachner. Her new single, Hard to Please, is out right now. And her EP, It's Not Me, It's You, will be out on August 11th. Hello. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So uh, tell me about the new single and tell me about the new EP. Sure. Um, Yeah, so Hard to Please came out about a week ago. um, And that one, it's, you know, it's the final single leading up to this EP that comes out in a week from today, which is really exciting. And um, I think Hard to Please felt like the most um, vulnerable song off of the off the project. And so it kind of felt like a like an interesting way to to kind of like push into the full project by kind of having it be the last single in this kind of moment of like vulnerability um because the project itself is is kind of me in this little fantasy world of like deflecting the blame and like (laughs) kind of you know just navigating heartbreak and finding ways to to decide that like it was not my fault. <laughs> um, but Hard to Please is kind of this moment of like, you know, it's 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 a song I wrote about struggling with just like body image and self-confidence and kind of the ways that as a woman, you know, from a very young age, you're, you're taught to, to think so hypercritically of your appearance and the way that that kind of manifests in different aspects of, of life. Like, you know, in your relationships with obviously yourself, but also with partners, like if your if your confidence is 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 down, then that impacts everything else. So if you had to describe the EP using only one word, what word would you pick? Mm. Chaotic. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me, who is an artist that if they popped into the Zoom right this very minute 
and said, Rachel, you have to come on tour with me right now. Who are we dropping everything for? Oh, my God. Um, Definitely Taylor Swift to be an opener on. I mean, like the Eras tour opener situation was like so incredible and iconic. So maybe on Taylor's next tour, if she is if she's looking for for some new openers, um, I would absolutely drop everything and like sell a limb (laughs) to be able to do that. Um, But I mean, there are so many artists that like, I really love and, and, you know, would be honored to, to open for them and to tour with them on, you know, different, different like sizes too. Obviously Taylor Swift is like a superstar, but another, you know, a, a favorite artist of mine that, is still doing amazing, but is not quite, you know, on the stadium tour level is like baby queen. Um, and I've been really obsessed with baby queen's music. And I think that she's about to release a, a new album, which I'm really stoked about. So I just love playing shows. So, I mean, realistically, it wouldn't, it wouldn't really take that much for me to drop everything to go on <laughs> tour, but, but if Taylor Swift asked me, I mean, yeah, I would, I'd do a lot. If uh, you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? Oh, um, just one thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's tough because I do feel like a lot of the things that, you know, I struggle with, um, you know, in the industry and like how social media kind of impacts it. It's always like a double edged sword. So that's tough. I mean, I think that, you know, overall, just changing the way that women are treated, like overall, and just kind of, you know, being, if I were able to just eliminate the like sexism and, you know, mistreatment that I've definitely experienced. And I know that a lot of my female counterparts and collaborators have also experienced, um, yeah, in a perfect world, if we could just like get rid of that, that would be so sick. But unfortunately, I can't snap my fingers and do that. <laughs> but I mean, I think just like, yeah, like we're always kind of like fighting harder than we should to be listened to and and to be, you know, like have our ideas be respected. And that, that's a really frustrating thing about, you know, as I have kind of branched out and been working with more people, like, you never know what you're going to get when you go into a session with somebody new. Um, But in a way, I mean, I always kind of try to look on the bright side and I think that experiencing things like that also kind of like helps me be more um, just like confident in the things that I say and like, and stick up for myself and kind of stand behind like the things that I, I do and say. So yeah, trying to, I guess, have a little positive spin on that. (laughs) What's a venue that you would give anything to play? What's the dream venue for you? Dream venue. I mean, I definitely, I have a few, like in general, I think playing Red Rocks seems really magical and incredible. So that's one. And then, you know, I'm from New York and I grew up in New York. So Madison Square Garden is kind of like, that's like a, a huge just like I don't know benchmark of of success um and then also I have seen Taylor Swift 
perform at MetLife, which is technically in Jersey, but that's like where she usually goes for the New York-ish show. Um, and it's a massive stadium. Like it is huge. Um, and I'm sure, I don't know, getting to play in a space that massive is, is probably pretty, pretty like out of, you know, out of this world. So those are a couple. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Red Rocks is a heavy favorite for for everybody who comes on the show. Everybody wants to play Red Rock. I just think it's like visually so unique and like, I don't know. I I think that there's something about it that just like feels um, really beautiful and like different to most other venues. And yeah, I think I I hear that as an answer a lot, too. So it's not the most (laughs) original, but like I stand by it. I, I completely understand. I saw I saw a show at Red Rock a, a few years ago, and there there was just something about like the the experience that like the music bounced off the sky. Oh my god, that is beautiful. That's amazing. Like that, that's what I'm talking about. Like clearly, there's just something kind of magic and different about that venue, and that's why everyone's like you know, that's on, on every artist's bucket list. What do you think is your worst habit during the songwriting process? Probably not finishing things that I start. (laughs) Um, I write, I mean, I write a lot with other people. And so something that I, I tend to do is like when I'm writing, I'm starting an idea by myself, I'll kind of like pause and be like oh well I know that I'm I'm going to be working with you know there are like a handful of artists or of writers that I I work with a lot and I'm like oh let me pause and then I'll like be able to show this to Sasha Campbell for example and then we'll finish writing it together but then I end up with like a million like either verses or like random choruses or like half a verse and half a chorus and then I have like too many unfinished ideas to like bring into these sessions so I think my my worst habit is probably just not trying to finish it in one sitting but um I do love to work with with other people and I feel like I've like really found a a circle of songwriters that like really get me as an artist and as a writer and so I like I like to bring my half-baked ideas to them. How would you describe your music using only colors and shapes? So, okay, with colors, like, I guess I kind of, I'll I'll combine it. I would say a purple cloud, a red, like, broken heart, like the two pieces of a broken heart, and um, a yellow like explosion shape like the type of shape that goes behind like the word pow in a comic book you know what I'm talking about yeah so those that's how I describe it (laughs) that's fantastic (laughs) I absolutely love it that might be my my new favorite answer to this question (laughs) I'm honored (laughs) From the minds that brought you the smash hit podcast, Your Life, the Mixtape and Headliners comes Your Life, the Mixtape magazine, a free monthly digital magazine that focuses on music, culture, and social commentary on current news and events. Visit www.yourlifethemixtape.com to subscribe today.
So do you consider yourself an artist or an entertainer? Uh, I would consider myself both. Um, I think, you know, first and foremost, I'm an artist and I'm a songwriter and, and like a storyteller, but, um, yeah, just kind of like the nature of, of having, you know, performance be such a huge part of that, like career and lifestyle. I absolutely am an entertainer as well. And when I'm doing live shows, like, you know, obviously it's like so fun for me, like on just like a personal selfish level, but I'm also like up there to put on a good show and to like engage with the audience and make sure that they're having a good time as well. And then there's of course, like the, the like social media presence. And that feels very much like, you know, on top of being an artist and a songwriter and, and like a, you know, marketing person and stuff for my music. I also am kind of this like stand-up comedian on and, <laughs> and like, you know, but also like your best friend on FaceTime and, you know, just all these different kind of hats that you wear as like a, you know, kind of forced as, as we're forced to be content creators as well. Um, so yeah, it's a, that's a long winded way to say both. <laughs> Tell me about the moment in your career that you're most proud of. I think it's it's funny because I feel like that question is always like really hard to to answer on the spot because when you're in it, you know, it's kind of like hard to appreciate all of the progress. Um, but like there there are so many like milestones, you know, that I feel like have have been really proud moments like this EP, for example, um, is the first project that I'm putting out with a label. Um, and that was something that I, you know, was working towards and, and was a goal for a long time to kind of like expand my team and, and get some more people on board. So that, I mean, is really exciting. And as I've been reflecting on just the past, like eight months, like, yeah, wow, it's already August. Um, like so so much is, has changed and and I feel like I I need to take more time to kind of like stop and appreciate all of that progress and the evolution because where I was when I started releasing music in like you know early 2020 versus now it's like a completely different world um but yeah, so it's kind of hard to pick like one moment, but I think as I, as I continue to do this and like connect with listeners and, and like, you know, I, I actually like can see people like resonating and like finding, you know, really meaningful, like, um, just like, you know, finding meaning in the music as, as like intensely as I do, like, that's really, that's really special. When, when did you decide that you wanted to pursue music? I always, I think deep down wanted to be an artist and to like be a singer. And when I was, you know, like growing up, I was always singing and famously would like always be told to be quiet in my house because I'd be like singing at just the most inconvenient times for like my sisters doing their homework or like my dad working, et cetera. Um, but I think for whatever reason, it just like took me a while to actually realize that it was something I could pursue like seriously. And so, um, for a while I thought that I wanted to work 
like in music, but, you know, on like the industry side of things. And, and so I thought that I wanted to work at a label. And in 2018, I interned uh, at Republic Records and I did, I was an A&R intern um, for that summer and, you know, had a really great experience and, and learned a lot, but it was also the summer that I kind of started to write uh, more seriously and just like write a lot. And it became very apparent very quickly that I did not want to be an A&R and I wanted <laughs> to be the artist. And so after I, you know, finished that internship, I totally like pivoted and was like, I need to do this or I'm going to regret it forever. Hello there. I I want to take a moment to talk to you about Dear Dean Magazine from Dear Dean Publishing, my favorite subscription only monthly digital magazine. It's got subscriber-generated content about politics, pop culture, travel, family, pets, and poetry and wellness articles and features, contributor articles from nationally recognized journalists, writers, and artists, and provides opportunities for novice writers and authors and other contributors to share their voice, talents, and words. Did I mention that it's completely free? Dear Dean Magazine provides free advert space for small creators, authors, and podcasters, fulfilling its vision that some art should always be free. It's owned and operated by Myron J. Clifton and is designed and distributed by Katya J. Lerner at Buzzword Consulting. Visit deardean.com slash subscribe to get signed up So if you could start your career over from day one, mm-hmm. would you do anything differently? I mean, I try not to dwell on that. I mean, in anything like um, because it's so easy to be like, oh, like if I if I had known that I wanted to do this and like when I was like five years old, I would have been taking like intense like guitar, piano, voice lessons and like all this stuff. But I just kind of have to put my faith in in the universe and that everything happens for a reason and and that there was, you know, like me not kind of coming to the conclusion that I wanted to to do this until the moment that I did, like a little bit later in life. Um, you know, I guess all of the things that I had experienced up until that point, you know, inform like my songwriting and they wouldn't have happened that way if I changed anything. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the the biggest thing is that I would have just at at an earlier date, you know, if I could go back, I would just tell myself, like, you don't need to like, feel like an imposter. Like if you write music and you make music, then you are a musician and you don't have to like have some crazy background or like a degree in music or whatever to like, be valid um because I think that that really did kind of like hold me back for for a while and like until I got over that 
I think it was just like a really scary notion to like, like pursue music and like be an artist and call myself an artist. When are you most creative? That's a good question. Um, probably when I'm driving um, or when I am on the train. Um, I don't drive a lot in the city, but when I am in a car, <laughs> I feel like I have a lot of good ideas. Um, so maybe I should drive more, just like, <laughs> you know, increase those those odds. But yeah, I don't know. Something about like being in a moving vehicle, I guess, like is just like makes me feel inspired and creative. Um, and then also just like when I'm alone in my apartment and I'm just kind of like, like noodling and, and humming different things and, and like I said, starting and then stopping like a verse or a chorus. And um, I don't know, I think inspiration can be like a very elusive thing. And so like it happens when it happens and you got to just like try to take advantage of it. But something about driving through my, my hometown that really does kind of get the juices flowing. So if this episode suddenly turned into like a tiny desk concert type thing, Mm -hmm. uh, where does hard to please fall in the set list? Mm. It would probably fall um, kind of right in the middle um, because I think that in my live set as well, I kind of, I like to take the the listeners on like a little bit of a journey. So we start more energetic, a little more dramatic, and then kind of bring it down a little bit, get a little, a little emo, a little, you know, vulnerable, <laughs> hard to please. Hard to please like kind of goes hard though, like as just like as a track. So it kind of like is, is the type of song where like after the ballad, you know, then you get this song and it's like still feels emotional, but like the energy is picking up. Um, and then after that, you know, bring the energy like to a hundred again. What advice would you give to the next generation of artists? I mean, not that I'm like super qualified to give advice to anybody <laughs> about anything, frankly. Um, I mean, I think just like the most valuable thing that I feel like took me time to really internalize is just that like if you love and like stand behind what you're making and what you're doing then that is like palpable to other people and it shows through in the music obviously it shows through in like the way that you talk about your music and and it makes it I think more exciting for other people to like get on board when it's like wow like this person is like like this is fun for them like this is their art and they like they love it they're not just kind of like doing it to try and like chase a viral moment or you know they're like just like burnt out and, and stressed about like streams and numbers like at the end of the day I think you know it's it's a really hard thing to to like pursue music and if like passion and and love for what you're making isn't like at the core of it then I think that that um that shows through so basically just like do stuff that you love and like make sure (laughs) that you're having fun 
Otherwise, like, I don't think it's a sustainable thing. So if there were 25 hours in a day, what would you do with that extra hour? <laughs> um, I would probably call my family more. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I, yeah, I kind of lose track of time and then I, I don't like call and check in as much as I, as I would like to. So I think maybe I would, I'd use that hour as like a designated, like, like check-in on my loved ones kind of time. Um, because yeah, I mean, that's like super important to me, but sometimes when you're like so wrapped up in, in all the different things that, that are going on, you, yeah, you forget, you forget to call home. What do you want people to get from your music? I think what's really cool about music um, that, you know, I definitely do like as a listener is like, like people, people take from a song, whatever they need from it in that moment. And so I think like, if I write a song, obviously like there's a meaning, there's like an intention behind it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that like, that's what someone's going to like interpret the song as meaning. And I think like we come, we come at everything in life, like through the lens of our own experiences and lives. And so like, when you listen to a song, you know, if like in, in the moment that you're listening to that song, like you are feeling really heartbroken, like that's going to inform the way that you, that you like take in the lyrics and the music. And so I think if, if people can just take something that they need from my music, whatever that is, whatever that means. And like, whether or not it like aligns with what I like, I was thinking when I put, when I wrote the song, like that is, I think a huge win because to create something that like is meaningful to someone in any way is very special. Um, so, yeah. So tell the folks listening at home and all over the world where they can get their hands on your music. You can find me on all streaming platforms under Rachel Bachner. Um, like we mentioned, my EP, It's Not Me, It's You, comes out on August 11th in one week, which is so exciting. Um, and on social media, yeah, same thing. Rachel Bachner, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, threads, whatever. You can find me there. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time out of your day to talk to me about you and talk to me about your music. I have, I have enjoyed this so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thanks for listening to Headliners. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For more information about the show, visit us at www.yourlifemixtape.com. Headliners is a Spring Break 83 production in association with Rod Wharton Productions. All rights and trademarks reserved. <laughs>